Hello, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Bookable Space. I'm your host, Yvonne Battlefelton, and we're joined by writer W.C. W.C. will be reading from her poetry collection, My Soul's Journey. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Yvonne. I appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you for saying yes. So <laughs> could you please tell us a little bit about the collection? Sure. So the collection is called My Soul's Journey. And um, it was actually a piecing together of several poems over a course of years. So my soul's journey is like a life collection, starting from when I was a teenager till the present. And I'm still writing poetry. So this particular collection I pieced together because I thought this would be the right first thing for me to publish. I actually was glad to publish it. But I pieced it together because I looked at it as a journey. That's the name, My Soul's Journey. And, you know, amazingly, Yvonne, I was talking to a person that I'm acquainted with several years ago. And we discussed what would be the title of your poetry collection if it ever got published. And I was like, well, you know, I want to call it My Soul's Journey. And, you know, of course, the person was, you know, very supportive. And I thought it was interesting. Years later, I said, what? I finally published this book of poetry and now I, I called it my soul's journey. I'm so excited. And actually I was able to, one of, they're one of the people I dedicated the book to because that particular person was always so supportive of me, especially with my poetry. But the reason why I, I pieced it together like that again is because um, it, it showed my life journey. It shows a collection of life happenings life lessons, life experiences, myself and others. And it's just a culmination of, you know, or collection, as you know, of all of those things under the umbrella of faith. So it's very overtly about my Christian faith, you know, straight up, no chasing. So anybody who reads it is very aware of that. So it's under the umbrella of my faith. And that's actually when I started writing poetry as a teenager, when I embarked on, when I became a Christian. So, and, and that's when it really took off. That's when I started writing poetry, you know, using a piece of paper anywhere I was. I don't care if I had a piece of paper on me or I didn't, I'd find one, like, and create one out of, say, uh, I had an envelope on me. I'd tear a piece of paper from that envelope or a notepad, whatever it was, or I'd wake up and have something next to me because I felt like, hey, I missed this poem. I'm not going to do it again. So I would always have that. It was just like a pour out of me, like a download. I, I knew when it started and I knew when it stopped. And so because I look at Christianity as that catalyst for my poetry, it's definitely perme it permeates the, the, the journey of my poetry. It permeates the journey of the collection. And so, you know, I was excited to be able to publish it, to publish our work with this great. Uh, actually, she's amazing. So yeah, um, that's what caused me to put it together, being able to, to look at it. Here's where it started and here's where it ended and piecing it and putting it all together. And I enjoyed doing it. Oh, that's wonderful. Could we have our first reading, please? Of course. <laughs> I would love to. Here we go. Um, the first poem is from uh, chapter six. It's called Color Carries Feeling. And the name of the chapter is called Everything is About Color. Here we go. Color carries feeling. Some mistakenly so by a misrepresentation of pigment or the lack thereof. 
as deified by Western culture, by any other phrase, is just not that sweet. But for real, though, color carries feeling. Sometimes I look at red on the keyboard, and that red just gets on my nerve. But a moment ago, maybe more, I was feeling that red. Don't know why. One of those things that fall under the weirdly unexplainable. Okay, so what was I saying? Color carries feeling. Albeit some feelings are false, led by a westernized culture that demonizes based on how much color is present. Good color when you don't have it. Like that makes sense. Bad color when you don't have a lot of it. Like that makes any more sense. I heard black was beautiful and classic and cocktail dressy. Then I heard black was ugly and weird and utterly strange. This is all so confusing. I heard white was pale and ghastly and leprous. Then I heard white was pure and milky and creamy. This is also very. But for real though, color carries feeling. Blue always makes me feel good, but sky blue gives me peace. Royal blue makes me feel, well, royal. And then there's neon blue. I have to rethink that one. Okay, as I was saying, color carries feeling. I feel it every day when I sit in front of my computer. When I walk through a seedy racist neighborhood, when I encounter a white supremacist couched in friendly conversation. Oops, cats out of the bag. But for real though, color does carry feeling. Pink is an interesting shade. Not so much, unless it's lavender. I really like lavender. Oh, how lovely. Thank okay, you. so I was like tempted to just do my, uh, my open mic, like, Applause, but um, <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank can you, you tell us a little bit about you're welcome. So, what inspired you to create the collection? And I guess I'm curious about how poets come to that realization that now is the time for this collection, like that, um, that's whatever they're feeling or they're thinking or they're, you know, that motivation. And it's just that, that kind of like, now, now's the moment. This is the right time for it. And kind of like, what was that? And then I wanted to know how you knew when the, when the collection was complete, but you, you touched on that, like you it had that very clear beginning and that very clear ending for you, but maybe for writers who are, and for poets who are putting together that collection for the first time now, if you can talk a little bit about your process of how you know, and maybe how they might know when it's complete. Well, yeah, I want to keep going with that analogy or metaphor, which one, <laughs> of journey. So, you know, while I was writing this poetry, it also was a track of a journey for my writing. So I do other types of writing, but poetry was always, you know, that friend that followed me and was that comforting friend, that person that was always there when you, or that, if you want to call it impersonifying poetry. 
it was that friend that was always following me as I went through my life's journey, right? So it's funny when I first introduced people to my poetry, you know, outside of myself, I would get this common refrain. Um, um, did you write this? I'm like, yeah. And then, you know, someone, you know, one of my siblings informed me, you know, that's, that's a compliment, but I'm like, goodness. <laughs> yeah, I wrote this, but you know, now that I look back at it, I, you know, I could, I could appreciate it and laugh, but um, they weren't letting me know how they appreciated it. And so someone gave me this idea to bring it to someone else, let their eyes fall on it so that they can see it and see if we can get this out there to the audience at large. Oh my goodness, Yvonne, I freaked out. I really did. I did. Um, and you know, I really didn't know that I had this fear of success. So I was saying to myself, what if this person gets it? What if they, you know, take it? What if it blows up? Oh my gosh. And I, I mean it. I, I did not do anything about it. Nope. I just, gosh, this is too much. And so I waited for two years. And then when I actually reached out, that particular opportunity was no longer available. And so that's when I, I mean, and that's when I kept writing poetry. Like there were times while I was writing this poetry and most of the time when I was writing it was during times that I was going through something, an event or a uh, an, an impactful time in my life where something happened, a grievous time or, or something, an event that actually changed my life or the course of my life. And so I would write a lot of poetry during that time. And so during that time, I was finding out about myself at the same time, personally. And so as I went along, when I finally pieced together the whole collection, which was about eight years ago, I would say, that's when I finally felt at peace. I went from that person, that, that woman that was like that girl that was saying to herself, hey, you can't do this, to a, a personal growth. So growing from girl to woman and that personal growth, um, again, thanking God, thanking Jesus for getting me through that, where I could be able to put it out there and say, hey, I did this. And I remember walking down the street. I remember that day I had submitted my first manuscript um, and ended up not being accepted, but that didn't matter. It's the journey, right? Mm-hmm. I felt this sense of peace come over me. And it was like, you finally did it. And I was like, thank you, God. It's like I heard him say, you finally did it. And so even though during that time I hadn't published the book at the time, it was a journey that was getting me there. So just so eight years later, not eight, I'm, well, we're here eight years, but let's, uh, when the book was published uh, six years ago, that's when it became clear the timing to do it. It was a good time. And it's crazy because it was during the pandemic, right in the heart. Um, I had another life-changing event, but that life-changing event actually led me to be able to publish my poetry. So yeah, I became an indirect blessing. So I was able to publish my poetry, do a lot of goats writing. It was just, even though the pandemic is a very, a, a time of, of, of great anguish, it was also a time of great creativity for others and myself. I saw that, that people were starting businesses. Their entrepreneurial spirit was taking off. You know, people were just like, okay, I'm going to, during this time of pain, I'm going to do these things. And, you know, I realized I was a part of that because my poetry book published uh, my soul's journey. Uh, was able to make it out there to the audience at large. And so, yeah, I believe that was a, a good time. And I believe it was the right time for it to come out. And, um, you know, just bless me personally for being able to complete it and bless, bless the 
audience who will reach at some point and the audience at large that's already, you know, been privy to my soul's journey. But it, it, that whole journey was a great thing. I was, I was glad to be able to get it done. And I think it was the right time to get it done. And again, it blessed me and it blessed others. Thank I love that it took, um, that it was a journey that was years in the making, because I think sometimes when we're writing something, we are kind of either we're impatient or we have this, uh, this idea of when it's going to happen or when, how long something should take. And if something doesn't take that time, then people often either get discouraged or upset or they, you know, whatever it is. But I love that it was like, well, actually the time that you published it was the right time, whether that was six, eight, six years, eight years or whatever, it was the right time for not just the collection, but also the right time for you. Yes. Yes. Do you have any advice that you could offer for a a new poet or a poet or like anyone who's thinking, okay, I want to put together a collection, but I don't know when the right time is. Well, I think that the person should really look with it. You know, I believe poetry is a very personal and intrusive form of writing because it's intruding on your personal space. And while it's intruding on your personal space, it's bringing you out of you, especially if you're an introvert. But when you're reflecting on what kind of, whether how to piece together your poetry, when to put it together and when it, when to put it out there, I believe you will know personally. There's, I believe there's this inner voice, this inner talk. Um, and again, I'll, I'll say as a sidebar, it's very healthy to talk, but I do it all the time. Um, <laughs> But you have this inner talk, and I believe it leads you along. And since poetry is so personal, I do believe you'll know when it starts, when to start it, what to put in between, and when to fill out. Because you'll see the journey. You'll see how it how it plays out for you. If there's a particular theme or it becomes thematic for you, um, you'll see that theme. You'll see, am I talking about justice? Am I talking about my life's memoir? Am I talking about poverty? Am I talking about something more personal to myself, self-reflection? And you'll see that as you go along. And you'll also see when it ends. It's sometimes, as I said in the poem, weirdly unexplainable, but it's, it's far from weird. It's just when I say weirdly unexplainable, it's just sometimes it's inexplicable. You can't explain why you know this is the beginning, why you know this is the middle, why you know this is an end. But you will know. And I say that as a, a point of, of support as well. You may have times where you feel discouraged. It's just going to happen. There are maybe times where you feel weary because you, you may have these rejections that happen. But rejection is par with the course. It's just part of what happens. It's part of the journey. So don't get discouraged as you put together or piece together your poetry. Keep going. Keep going till you see it's finished. And then that's the first leg of your journey. However, you'll feel like it's a finished portion. It is. You'll feel in yourself that you've finished something. You've completed it. You've achieved it. It's your own personal achievement. And guess what? You have. So then next, put it out there. Let people know about it. Whether you do it piecemeal through contests or... Uh, submissions of some kind, of any kind, or you put it together, you have your whole manuscript and you, and you want to send it out. Please do. Don't give up. 
just be inspired, be inspired by your own work during the journey, have fun, make it exciting, but also realize that you're going to have fun inside. You're going to feel this, this buoyance of joy while you're doing it. You're going to feel this, this, this pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's personal inner pleasure of being able to get it done, to be able to teach your, your porch together and present it once you've, once you've completed it. Thank you for such an inspiring answer, WC. Could we have another reading, please? Yes, of course. <laughs> okay, so this next poem is called Planted by the River. And it's from Chapter 3, Dedications. Now, I told you in the beginning that interspersed throughout the book are poems of inspiration, poems of faith. So even though I do have a particular chapter called scriptures, there are poems throughout that are based on a scripture, based on a biblical reference. And the, this is one of them. So even though it's in the chapter dedications, it also has a scriptural reference. So I'm going to let you know what that scriptural reference is as I read. So the name of the poem is called Planted by the River. Call and response. And it's dedicated to the Joshua generation. The scriptural reference is Ezekiel 37 from the King James Version. Here we go. Planted by the river, nestled in the topsoil are the remains. Can these bones live? Yes, whispered on the wind. The word breathes life in them. They began to rise. One by one, connecting as life's breath strengthens their surging bones. Can these bones move? Yes, whispered on the wind. With sinew and marrow and flesh rushing to them, attaching to the skeletal frames as if coming home, their frames heave with weary sighs that transform into sighs of relief. Of release. Can these bones have their being? Whispered on the wind. The massive force strengthened by life's breath moves with precision and in one accord to the rushing waters. They dip and drink thirstily in syncopation, soothing their palates and vocal cords. Quenched thirst, manifold miniature waves rippling through muscular, Respiratory, endocrine, nervous, soulish, and spiritual systems. Coursing through arteries, veins, nerves, commingling with the fluid of life. Satiating their heart, mind, intellect, and spirit. They rise fully soaked. They heave with a contented sigh as their thirst is quenched. They stand with faces turned heavenward with eyes shuttered, while eyelashes and eyelids drink. They listen to hear the word. They hear, welcome, Joshua, whispered on the wind. Arms outstretched in the shape of a V, liquid pouring through their hands, their fingers seeping through the lines of their palms, lining the veins raised under their newborn skin. They cry out in one accord, a loud cry of total praise. Hallelujah, carried on the wind. Together as one, 
Their facial muscles are extended, portraying a visage of pure joy and unmerited peace. Understanding unmerited grace, unmerited favor. They remain planted by the river of living water. The army waiting for their marching orders, deep in the Holy Ghost's measure of faith, equally giving, equally measured, equally potent. They receive the faith of El El Yon, Elohim, El Shaddai, God Most High, God with us, God Almighty. The remnant born and raised up in Jesus as Joshua. As glory wraps them, they stand hardened to fight the good fight of faith. They stand strong. They stand ready. Wow. How powerful is that? Thank you. Yeah, I feel the power whenever I read it. Oh, that's wonderful. And isn't it something when your own writing can move you? You're so (laughs) that. Yes. But I also feel the power of God when I read it too. So yeah. So that's a beautiful thing. So can I ask, you've already given us an inspirational answer for writers, but now this one's for readers. What is something that you'd like readers to think about, reflect on, to do or feel after reading the collection? I I want them to feel peace. And since I've been informed that that that's what that draws or brings out, draws out of of, of others, I feel my duty is done. <laughs> but yes, I, I would I would love people to feel peace uh, when they're complete. It it is it is I think the term that comes to me is a roller coaster ride of emotion, but it's it, it's also stable. So even though it's a roller coaster ride, you still feel that stability under underlying. And so as you go through it, once you get to the end, there's this 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 feeling of peace. And I'm hoping I feel it, others have felt it, but I'm hoping that readers overall, that's what they get, sense of peace when they as they go through the collection and as they complete it. Wow, that's a wonderful gift. Could we have our final reading, please? And I just want to say I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I, I really, um, I'm just, I'm feeling a sense of of peace, but also I'm feeling a sense of, you know, just um, camaraderie. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Right, thank here you we for go. saying that. And thank you for being here and for you know for sharing your time, but also your energy with me. So thank you for that. Oh, so without further ado, I'll get started. Okay. So the next poem is called Black Ink on My Fingers. Uh, This uh, poem is located in chapter seven called Observations, Reminiscences, Reflection. Black Ink on My Fingers. I look at the black ink on my fingers, covered with the ink of my past. Delivering the news for 20 seasons of my young life. The days of early mornings sheltered in darkness. I remember these days as yesterday speeds by. On rewind and my thought propelled DVD player. Images of black ink on my fingers whiz into view. I stop and remember sweet coffee with cream at 1.30 a.m. Before the crows begin their morning meeting 
and the roosters make their presence known with shrill greetings. I let fly the wordy objects from my hands and watch them sail on the porch with precision while many more follow. Slap, tap, slap, swish. And they coast into place. Many stairs to climb. School chimes, and I nestle in my seat. Another day of education in the school building and on the many street. Black ink settles on the tip of my fingertips. I let the rubber-banded nudes fly, running, moving as fast as I can so I can finish early and treat myself to a corn muffin smothered with jelly accompanied by my sweet coffee with cream and relaxing conversation at the breakfast bar. Black ink spots linger between my finger line. I read my current book, The Teacher's Choice, and then I read the newsy headlines, a general culmination of various voices telling of the latest news in my big town they call a city. I sit to do my daily lesson at the table, hearing my mother's voice, strong, loving, abiding. Then it's back to the pages of words dancing, gliding off my fingers with a slide. Black ink remains in the ridges of my fingerprint. Crack, slap, chorus, tap, violin, slap, travelings. Family gatherings, movies, music, team champions, slap, tap, slap. Graduations come and go, and the memories come ablaze in my own news. My psychological DVD slows, and the present whirs into view. All grown up now, working, Jesus and career-oriented, those reminiscences remain fresh, permanently impressed in me. I press pause on my thoughts, and I look down at my hands closely. As I look, as I peer through the lines of a piece of my life journey, I still see the black ink nestled in my fingers. Oh, WC, it's such, it's a really touching piece. It's also like joyous though. I love the use of sound and the imagery, but it's, uh, yeah, it's the joy. I think that it just like lingers and just like bubbles and, and yeah. So thank you so much for yeah. letting that be the, you know, the piece that you left us with tonight. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I, you're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> So where can we buy My Soul's Journey? My Soul's Journey is available on any online platform, any online bookstore. However, it's also available at local bookstores, accessible through bookshop.org. So yeah, they can find it through mediums such as Barnes and Noble, you know, all different places, Amazon. But the alternative, of course, at the local bookstores, of course, if they want to get it from the the shelves they can have it's accessible through bookshop.org that is wonderful wc thank you so much for being my guest for reading to us for your inspiration for writers and readers and talking to us about how you created your collection i really appreciate your time and thank you as well yvonne thank you for your time i appreciate being here oh wonderful it's been my pleasure <laughs> 